Finnovate showcases cutting-edge banking and financial technology through a global conference series featuring short-form demos and thought leadership. Now, the conversation continues on the Finnovate podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Finnovate podcast. Joining me today, we have Mark Goldberg, partner at Index Ventures, and we're going to be talking about something that is going to really dramatically shape financial services and fintech in particular over the next couple of years, and that is data privacy. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, Greg. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Excellent. So just to kick things off, would you mind just introducing yourself and giving us a quick background on Index and where you're coming from in the space? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So Index Ventures, were one of the uh, large generalist venture capital funds. We manage about $10 billion and invest anywhere from the seed stage to kind of $100 million pre-IPO rounds. Uh, we are split between the US and Europe. And uh, fintech's a major focus area for us. Um, and it's the category that I lead here on the US side. We're really investors in companies like Robinhood and Revolut and Agen and Plaid and uh, thrilled to be on the podcast today. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us. And, you know, obviously some pretty strong credentials right there, just in the number of companies that you listed off. Um, but, you know, there's also another piece of qualifying credentialing that we should mention. You are, I believe, married to a data privacy lawyer. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes, indeed. So I would imagine that you have some interesting conversations around the dinner table. Um, and, and I would also imagine that this has really helped your thinking about data privacy evolve. Can you talk to me a little bit about how your thinking is shaped over the past couple of years? And, you know, obviously don't feel free, or don't feel like you need to throw your wife under the bus or anything, but if there's anything that really uh, you can share from her perspective, I think that'd be really interesting to start with as well. Uh, sure. Well, so as a, as a venture capitalist, uh, my job is to, to really suspend belief. And if, uh, if a company... Uh, you know, it's really dream the dream with a founder. So I, I, I think I have the most exciting job in the world where I just get to think about the future of technology and especially the future of financial services. And so a lot of times I'll, I'll come home from work or uh, I guess for the last nine months, I'll, I'll move from my home office to the dinner table. And I'll, you know, I want to talk to my wife about all these exciting ideas I've been exposed to. And the, the, the way the conversation generally goes is my wife will then, you know, basically... Uh, explain to me all the ways that these technologies might be abused, or information <laughs> or data might be, uh, might might not be, uh, you know, kind of properly, uh, you know, uh, you know, stored there. And so uh, it's been a very healthy tension to try not just to think about kind of the unbridled upside in, in the vision, but also, you know, what are the consequences for consumer data, um, which I think is really not just a topic that. I'm discussing in my household, but I think something that's really you know moving into the mainstream uh, across the country and across the world. Absolutely, it is. I think you know with the advent of Alexa coming into people's homes, people start asking some questions about what all it can do. And, and you know, coming back to the the dichotomy between uh, yourself and your wife, you know, you come into it with a look what we can do. And then she comes into it with a, yeah, but look what you can do. Exactly. <laughs> it's the same kind of thing. Exactly. Um, and, and so, you know, obviously financial services really, in particular, I think struggles with this because banks are under a lot of pressure. They need to keep customer data. They know customer data is valuable. They also understand the perils that can uh, pop up if they don't treat that data well, if they aren't protecting it, if they aren't guarding their customers' privacy. Um, so, you know, it, it, from my standpoint, it looks to me like concerns about individual data privacy are likely to manifest in one of two ways. You know, I think it's either going to be increased regulation or 
consumers are going to have to start advocating for their own privacy individually. From where I'm at right now, I think the former looks more likely to me than the latter. But you know, open banking and other tech platforms can make it possible for consumers to play a greater role in protecting their own data. What do you see as the most likely path forward here? I don't think it's either or. I think it's a, it's a flywheel between regulation and consumer focus or consumer interest in data privacy. And by that, I mean, as, as more consumers stand up, as I think we're seeing and say, you know, where is my data? I want control. Um, regulators are starting to listen. And if you look at the expansiveness, not both of GDPR in Europe and CCPA here in California, but some of the regulations that will soon come in India and Brazil, um, regulators responding to consumer focus. At the same time, I think it's also driving consumer interest where when it's easier to have recourse with the companies that might be abusing our data, more consumers are going to ask for um, for access and, and, and control. So I think the two are, are intricately linked, and I think that's what's driving the you know the, the broader trend here. Sure, and no, I think that's probably a, a good as good a guess as any because I think there are definitely people, and we hear about it all the time at Finovate, people who are really concerned about their data privacy. Um, obviously, it's a massive issue, um, and you know from the U.S. standpoint, it seems like there's maybe unlikely from a political standpoint to be much uh, pressure on. Um, the industry to actually get some regulation here, but we see in other countries people doing this and actually it going pretty well. Um, but but if there are going to be increased regulations, can you talk about what that's likely to do in the fintech space? You know, who do you think will really be affected by that? Well, let me start by answering that with, with kind of how I think the the consumer preferences have changed. And I think that data privacy went from being an absolute afterthought, kind of the the back office of of uh, of consumer preference to a feature. And if you look at, you know, look at the billboards for any of your audience in San Francisco that Apple's pushing your card, your data. I mean, privacy is emerging from this, this afterthought to the tip of the spear and, and winning customers. And so what does that mean for, for these businesses? It means they, they need to be responsible with, with consumer data. They need to be ready to respond to this consumer interest. Yeah, no, I think that's right. They need to be able to anticipate this. They need to be able to sort of see what's coming. And, and I think it is pretty apparent that some big changes are coming. Now, before we actually push record, you mentioned that there are some similarities between how data privacy is looking right now and how other trends have evolved that you've been able to see from uh, you know, kind of a venture capital standpoint. Can you talk a little bit about what those key indicators are, you know, the similarities between where we are now with data privacy and, and maybe some of the other things that we've seen unfold uh, over the past couple of years? Absolutely. I mean, so for us, data privacy has not hit the mainstream. I mean, if you go around and ask people about their their concerns or the, the, the choices they're making, I don't think you would fear that data privacy has crossed the chasm. What I think we, where we are with data privacy is we are kind of the, the, the early innings of this trend that I really believe will define the next decade of internet history. And so if you go back and put that in historical context, you know, I think about it in the early innings of Cloud software, the transition from on-premise to cloud software, um, you know, open core software, um, so open source, open core software, uh, you know, just absolutely transformative uh, trends that we've seen play out in the last few decades uh, since the internet started, and I, I really believe that this is going to follow a similar pattern, which is early adopters gaining momentum, hitting the mainstream, and it becoming something that that absolutely everyone in the world focuses on. 
Well, it certainly isn't in the mainstream yet. I mean, you see the number of people who still are putting in information in Facebook quizzes and things like that. And you're like, you have no idea who's on the back end of that. People are incredibly cavalier with their data in some respects. And then on the flip side, incredibly protective of it in in other areas, which I always think is really fascinating. You know, for me, I just did an RFP for, you know, a random thing that we're looking at. And um, I filled out my information to request some more. And, and it actually pre-populated with a massive amount of information about me. You know, I, I gave them my name and company and they evidently scraped LinkedIn, you know, and they were able to populate my job title and they knew where my office was located and all this. And, and that was really off-putting. You know, that was a, all of a sudden a moment where it kind of makes you sit back and say, whoa, wait a minute, how do you know this much about me? And I think the more that people have that experience, the more people are going to get this sense of unease, this idea that, you know, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with you knowing this much about me, or, or at least telling me you know this much about me. If you know this much about me, maybe keep it a secret maybe is, the, is the way to go. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I want to come back to uh, fintech companies in, in particular. What advice do you have for fintech companies who are concerned about data privacy, you know, future regulations coming? Um, is, is there anything that you would tell them that they can do at this point to kind of prepare for what's coming? The way that I would prepare is to really think about what are your privacy policies and if those privacy policies were exposed to your customer base, exposed to the world, would you feel good about it? And if the answer is yes, you're in a great position. If the answer is no, this is the time to make a change because at some point it's going to become too late. And so I, I think my my push to folks that might be thinking about what to do in this direction is, is just to spend time on it and really understand that while you know currently this is in the shadows, uh, in, in the very near future, it'll likely be exposed and you should feel good about whatever policies you have in place. Do you think that changes at all for banks as opposed to the tech companies that support them? I think it's exactly the same for banks. And in some ways, I think banks are at a disadvantage because the, the fintechs and the earlier stage companies should be much more nimble uh, in responding to the customer interests. I think banks will struggle with this more because the, the oil tanker can be more difficult to steer in a different direction. But I think the same question and the same framework applies for both. Yeah, and I, I think you're probably right there. And I think banks do have uh, obviously a lot of skin in the game, a lot at stake. And also, as you point out, they are less nimble. It can be difficult to really change things up and, and um, change course if you need to. You know, and, and you kind of put the visual in my head earlier as well. What if your privacy policies were the, the headline in the Wall Street Journal? You know, it, 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 what if it got that level of yeah. public scrutiny? How would you feel about it? Which is, I think, a really interesting thought exercise because so much of these policies are um, put in place in a way that they're not meant to be read closely. You know, people kind of click through them and, and click accept. But there is always that possibility for any company out there that, you know, somebody really digs into it and somebody shines a bright spotlight on it. How does that reflect on your brand? And so that's, I think, a really interesting one. Um, and just last... to back on that comment, Greg, so yeah. on, on the, you know, privacy center, privacy policy, I mean, it's one of those things where I'm sure every listener here, I certainly have clicked through and just said consent to whatever it is. But I think what we're going to start to see is the privacy center and the privacy policy become almost a part of the marketing stack as opposed to the legal stack within companies. And the smart companies who are really consumer-friendly, consumer-forward are going to recognize that sooner than others. That is a really interesting idea right there. That would be a massive shift in the way that uh, things are operate right now. If people, if companies start to compete against each other on the basis of the privacy that they can offer, um, and you see Apple doing this to your earlier point, you know there are some companies who are already doing this. So it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. 
Um, last question I have for you, you know, from a VC standpoint, are there any key indicators you look for to be able to tell if a team that you're talking to is prepared to meet some of the challenges coming in the data privacy space? I think what companies should be prepared for is the question, which is what are your data privacy policies? Um, you know, we're really at the beginning of trying to understand what are the implications here? And so uh, what I would encourage your audience to think about is be prepared. These questions are coming and they're coming sooner rather than later. Um, so, you know, really just spend the time to think about it. And uh, if you're doing that, you're ahead of the game and I think going to be in great shape. Great. Well, I think that's some really good advice. And, and to be honest, as a consumer myself, I'm glad that these questions are coming to the forefront. I'm glad that we're seeing more people asking them. I think they're questions that need to be asked and they're policies that really need to be thought about because there is a balance, right? We know that data can be useful and there's a lot of things which we can do with it that can really help customers out. But we also need to make sure we're balancing that out on the other side with respecting their privacy and making sure that we're keeping data out of the hands of bad actors and things like that. Well, um, this has been a really fascinating conversation, Mark. I thank you so much for joining me to talk about it. I'm sure we're going to see a lot in the data privacy space over the next couple of years, at least. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll come back and check in with you later on and see how many of these predictions have come true. I, I think uh, I really appreciate the time, Greg. It's a, a lot of fun to talk to you and uh, a topic I care a lot about. So thanks again. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, pleasure. And we'll talk again soon. The Finnovate podcast is produced by Informa Connect in association with Provoke.fm Media. Check out Finnovate.com for information on Finnovate's upcoming shows and to learn how you can get involved. The discount code Finnovate Podcast will save you 20% on tickets to all of our events. And you can email us at info at for information on sponsoring, speaking, or demoing. Thanks for listening. <laughs>